You're listening to Smashing 50, the health, fitness and personal development podcast for middle-aged men. Hi, Mike here from Smashing 50 uh, with a podcast focused specifically for new runners who want to know more about technique and for those, of course, who are on my 10k hero challenge. This episode follows on from the previous episode which was all about injury prevention for new runners. And again, I'm joined by Chris O'Brien from The Confident Runner. In this episode, we will discuss how the body works, how to be more efficient in your running by developing a more helpful and efficient technique. And I know, Chris, that uh, you've got lots of insightful, interesting information uh, that you can give to these new runners. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and really, when we, we look at technique, I don't, I don't necessarily look at technique as being good or bad. I look at technique as being either helpful or not helpful. Okay, and, and we'll explain why that is in just a second. But if you look at any, any runner, whether they're an elite runner or not, nobody has the same ideal perfect technique. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. Okay, so you look at some of these elite runners on the circuit, and even if you look to a field of elite marathon runners, who arguably are some of the most efficient runners that you can get in terms of being able to get enough speed over that distance. But their, their techniques will differ. And you'll see differences between males and females, and also you see dif- differences in runners from different cultures of different countries. So there is no ideal technique. There are some markers that we can look at. And the purpose of helpful technique is to help balance that force that you're coming through your body to the areas it needs to handle it. So as your heel strikes the ground and that force is coming up the leg across the pelvis and and then up the opposite shoulder, the way we balance that out through good technique is making sure that the joints are in the right position, that the muscles and the connective tissue are all working as they should be. So for example, we want our connective tissue to be nice and springy and elastic because that reduces our energy consumption on our muscles by up to 30%. But most of us don't have good, efficient connective tissue. Uh, we, particularly if we've not done a lot of um, moving, jumping exercises, skipping, all that sort of stuff, we tend not to have uh, nice elastic uh, connective tissue. So we're using a lot of energy. So that that's an energy leak. So that's the other aspect of helpful technique is efficiency. So if we can have our running as efficient as possible then it's we're we're using far less energy overall in in our running and we're also uh, not overloading any one muscle group or any one connective tissue group or even overloading those bones as well because bones can get overloaded as well and that's one of the things when people think oh, i'm going to transfer down to you know barefoot shoes or whatever it might be is they don't think about the impact on the bones and bones are living tissue the same as muscles and connective tissue are just a different type of of that um, so that's a so helpful technique. Now, the reason I use helpful and unhelpful is because we're all different. We're all unique. Every single event in your life has got you to how you move today. So that fall you had when you were three years old, that twisted ankle at age 10, 15, 23, the, the heavy bag you always carry in your, your right hand, the broken arm, leg, shoulder. How you went through that, those particular events, how you rehabbed, if you did, because many people don't, particularly when we're younger. So we're a teenager, we've got a uh, plaster cast on your arm or um, leg, and you know you, you, you don't really do any rehab. 
you know you think it's great you get all your friends to sign it but you don't do very much other than that it comes off you're a bit weak for a while but you don't follow the physiotherapy and even as adults most of us are not very compliant with doing what we should do in terms of rehabilitation but that's going to change that's going to affect how you move because everything you are is a compensation and that compensation quite often is helpful at the time so if we take that broken leg for example during the whole time you, you've got that plaster cast on you're having to change your gait so you're having to change how you move because you either got crutches or you're limping and when you're hobbling around your house so you're having to use other muscles um in you know in, in a way to compensate for that to take the load off of that that side and your nervous system adapts to that and changes that and changes your start and stop range of motion your end ranges of motion so whilst that compensation can be very useful at the time later on in life that becomes an unhelpful um or, or not very useful compensation because now you're reliant on these other muscles so now you're overloading so you go to run and you're running in that very similar pattern that you were when you, you've been walking all that time and so now you're overloading those muscles on that side and the muscles on the side that you're not using quite so much uh will unless you're doing something active to strengthen them and bring them up to speed to, to also to activate them and bring them in more you're going to be um, overloading the muscles on the good side and when they start to fail you'll then be overloading the muscles on the bad side as well so it can be you know you end up in a whole, whole mess basically mm -hmm. okay so running technique is is all about uh, load balancing and efficiency but to get that running technique it comes back to moving properly so when i teach running technique it used to really frustrate me with running technique uh, i could do workshops and i could teach coach people individually and they would improve their running technique but then i go go and see them running you know a few weeks later and they're back to where they were and, and i always wonder why that was it used to frustrate me as to why that was and it's because the nervous system hadn't made the changes it needs to make to allow them to move so you need to have the fundamental movement skills to um, help those changes stick so okay. markers we're looking at in terms of if we were to look at a couple of markers of good running technique it would be where your foot places on the ground so we're looking at close to underneath our hips it would be having good ankle range of move, movement to allow us to go over that ankle it would have good hip range of movement so we can uh, have a tall upright posture nice and relaxed posture i'm going to have efficient uh, arms that drive back so quite simple uh, markers but to get those markers and to have them stick it takes quite a lot of work in terms of the fundamentals which is why if we learn to move properly we can get the nervous system to adapt to those movements it's so much easier then to change the technique and then we can get all those other nice things like the high heels high cycling heels which gives you that nice distance over the ground etc but for your runners who are coming into this challenge i think some aspects of that technique i wouldn't worry too much about that I would worry about, uh, I would focus on the movement aspects first to enable that technique to happen uh, later on. Because as you move better, you will naturally start to improve your technique. So as, you, as your hips become more free, as you um, increase the sensory and the motor maps in your brain for, the, for these body parts, you'll use them better. Are there any little exercises that that they could do while they're on the challenge that that they can do quite simply to help with their hip mo mobility and things like that 
Yeah. Um, yes, of course. They, they, so some things that they can practice, and you can find exercises for this, is doing things like um, pelvic tilts, both to the front yeah. and to the back, so that's anterior and posterior. If they look up uh, pelvic clock exercise, that actually takes them through four ranges of motion. And these are all things I do on the course that, that I've got. Uh, is, is That's what it's targeted at, is really getting that, that, that hip and pelvis moving properly and then building it into your running. But things like uh, pelvic clock are very good to do. And some of those movements are quite hard for people who have not used their pelvis before. Uh, so it's, sometimes you have to start with the thinking about the movement to get it engaged in there. Um, and hips are very closely uh, connected to your shoulders. So doing shoulder movements, so taking your shoulders through full ranges of movement. I would say your runners really need to thinking about doing some kind of a warm up. But that doesn't need to be long. It can only be, you know, it doesn't need to be two or three minutes of a warm up, but it would involve taking all those um, joints through a full range of motion. So doing things like shoulder circles, for example, just where you're doing uh, windmills, you know, that sort of thing, where you just nice and slowly, not aggressively or fast, but taking through the more full range movement that you do, you just increase the mapping in your brain of, of that. And some uh, joints are complementary. So shoulders and, and, and hips are very complementary. Uh, I would also take your ankles through full ranges of motion, motion as well. And the idea is to get these movements as smooth as you can. So you, runners might find initially when they do try and do ankle circles, they try and do too quickly or they're quite stuttery in places. So the focus would be on moving it nice and smoothly and slowly and doing it in both directions and just getting a full movement there. So they're the things I would start with. So mm -hmm. fundamental movement skills that can have a really high payoff in terms of overall movement and um, and uh, in terms of getting that stiff spring, that elasticity in, in this connective tissue, get a skipping rope. Absolutely okay. fantastic. A jumping rope is an amazing. And it might take a while if, if they're not used to it. It did take me a long time to actually get coordinated enough to do it. But it is amazing. And there's loads these days. There are loads and loads of YouTube videos about learning how to skip, how to, you know, how to rock, uh, jump rope. But I can't tell you how brilliant it is an exercise for building up that because it's a kind of plyometric exercise. And you can do it in very short bursts. Um, but it's also great for building fitness as well. So it's a good complementary fitness. In terms of pairing it with running, it's amazing. Brilliant. And so I think in general, what we've learned then is that, you know, as new runners, not to worry too much about trying to find that perfect technique because we know it doesn't really exist and try to focus more instead on mobility, that efficiency and just, you know, um, improving your all-round all mobility. 100% agree. That's, that's absolutely right. Um, the more, the quicker you want to get or the longer distance that you want to run, you need to really be looking at this load balancing and the efficiency aspect of it, which will come from good technique as well as good planning. And that's the other thing that comes in then is, is then comes into planning, which is kind of comes back to the whole thing about why we get injured in the first place. Normally, these days we call it training errors as opposed to uh, anything else because it normally that's what it is it's either poor planning or it's um it, it can be you know aspects of poor poor technique but i i completely agree i think for these these 10 weeks the focus is on getting through the challenge and 
I, I think it's great. If that's a run walk, then that's brilliant because it's, it's actually building up a really good progressive adaptation process that can then be, you know, accelerated after that. And I, yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. No matter how, whatever way they get there, getting their injury free has got to be the primary goal because you'll enjoy it an awful lot more. You'll get more out of it by staying injury free. Well, thank you very much for, for your time and your insight and experience, Chris. And uh, I'm sure that all of the, the participants will find these audios really useful. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And I wish them the very best of luck. And if they want to come across to the site and have a look at some of the blog posts on there, uh, if they have any suggestions, if they need some help through that and they have a suggestion for a blog post, very happy to, to write something for them that will help them along the challenge. Brilliant. Okay, thanks very much for your time, Chris. Okay, thanks, Mike. And you can find out more all about Chris and his coaching at theconfidentrunner.com. You're listening to Smashing 50, the health, fitness and personal development podcast for middle-aged men. 